It's five o'clock on a Saturday. Oh, it's Sunday. I've messed that up already. <laughs> hey, friends, it's Mark James. Today is Sunday. Yes, it is. Um, I'm just adjusting the, the stand that I put the phone in. I record, I put the phone in a in an iPad stand, but it's one of those ones with like a, a bendy gooseneck thing. Um, that clamps onto the side, and I have it hovering above me. A bit like, did you ever see the film Flight of the Navigator? You know where the kid sat in that chair, and that sort of eye with Pee Wee Herman's voice came up to him? Well, the phone is above me like that, and I'm sitting in a chair. Much like that one, but I'm not a small child in a spaceship. I wish that I was. Things probably wouldn't be any stranger. (laughs) So, it's uh, Sunday. It's Sunday. The sky is clearer. Things have brightened up considerably since yesterday. I've been on a walk. The Preston Preacher is back. (laughs) Do you remember the other week when I told you there was a guy preaching in Preston and he was saying that he was a lot like Jesus? Well, he's back today. Um, Jesus did not have a uh, felt exhibition stand with pictures on and words that included suffering, uh, penance. Was it penance? Um, things like that. And he his technique is interesting. He sort of talks as if people are listening, but nobody is really. Everyone's just walking past. And he asks people questions. He even asked me. He said, would you, sir? Now, this guy, by the way, you wouldn't ever, you wouldn't peg him for what he was doing. He's probably only 30, maybe a little bit older. He did have his wife who had a buggy today with a child in it. Um, the son of God, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or the daughter of God, who knows? Um, yeah, he and he he sort of just talks, and he goes, "Would you say that I have uh, that I've never drank alcohol, or never used uh, abusive language, or sworn, or whatever?" And he's going, "No, that's right, I have." As if I answered, and I hadn't answered. In fact, I had ear pl- earphones in, not earplugs, AirPods, and a mask on. So I was so faceless, and I'm wearing glasses and a hat, a fisherman type beanie. So I'm so nondescript, but I'm staring at him from a distance, a socially distance for the wankers. And uh, would you, sir, say that alcohol has never passed my lips, or that uh, mean words have never left my tongue? And I never say when he goes, no, you're right. They have. And he just goes on like that. And people just walk past him. Nobody's, he's not doing it for tips. And I don't know if he's converting anyone. I don't get it. What is the point? But presumably he's back every Sunday. He's got the three o'clock spot. Hey, at least he's got a gig every week. (laughs) It's more than I can say for me. Whatever he does for a job, he can obviously afford to arse about on a Sunday and talk about Jesus. Well, I suppose you've got to believe in something, haven't you? I don't mind him, really. Um, He's all right. He's all right, is that fella. Let's not knock him. Just because he believes in an invisible man who made everything. Don't mean there's anything wrong with him, apart from probably mental illness. Oh, God, I tell you what, I'm sure many of you listen to this are religious and, you know, roll your eyes at me, uh, bulking at religion on a weekly basis. But it just isn't for me. It's just not my bag. But as my friend who is uh, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will tell you, I have firm respect when I'm chatting to people about their beliefs because, you know, It takes all sorts, doesn't it? What can I say? I'll tell you what happened today that I've noticed. Um, Dogs 
when I'm walking along, I walk through this forest and I'll frequently walk past a couple or a small group or a single person that owns a dog and the dog will be walking ahead of them. And as I walk past them, the dog will begin to keep pace with me. And then the dog is walking with me. And so it seems that many of Preston's dogs decide that they belong to me now. <laughs> and I, I sometimes when nobody else can hear, I go, are you my dog now? And I talk to them. Are you my dog now? What's your name? I'll give you a name. And I make up names for them. And I pretend just for a minute that they're my dog. And then invariably the owner shouts them back and uh, they go running. And I think, oh, I used to have a dog and I haven't now. <laughs> I'm a bit sad. But it got me thinking about the loyalty of dogs. Because I'm sure I read a story once about a, an older person who died and they were in the house, just them and the dog, and the doors and everything were locked. And eventually the dog gave up and ate them. And they, they discovered... I can't just let that phrase pass. The dog eventually gave up and ate them. And they discovered that the dog hadn't begun eating the owner until post-mortem. Let me just... Let me search this on uh, the internet. This is going to change my internet search history in a way that dog eats owner. You've got a... Um, oh, dog eats dead owner. I mean, God. This is good. <laughs> I tell you what, if this brings up a Pornhub listing, I'm quitting the internet right now. Dog eats dead owner. Go. Let's have a look. Uh, agree to cookies, terms and conditions. Oh, bloody every time. Would your... <laughs> For fuck's sake. The top article is National Geographic, and it's called... Would your dog eat you if you died? Get the facts. Let's have a look at this. Um, in 1997, a forensic examiner in Berlin reported one of its more unusual cases. A 31-year-old man had retired for the evening. Oh, my God, he wasn't even old. Had evening to the converted garden shed behind his mother's house where he lived with his German shepherd. I hope the German shepherd was a dog because he's already in Berlin. So all the shepherds are German. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a German, German shepherd. He's double German. What is this dog? <laughs> nine? Okay, around 8.15, which is 45 minutes before nine. Nine? A neighbors, neighbors heard gunshots from inside of the shed. Well, fuck me, the dog hasn't shot him, surely, and he hasn't shot the dog. 45 minutes later, oh, so now it is at nine, the man's mother and neighbours found him dead of a gunshot wound to the mouth. Fuck me, how long is this garden? The guy's been shot at 8.15, and it took them 45 minutes to find him. He's only in the shed. <laughs> You've got to read this article. I'm not making it up. You're going to think I'm taking the piss. I swear, if you search, would your dog eat you if you died, which is what's come up. Um, a National Geographic article. So 1997, here we go. So 8.15, now it's nine. They finally found him at the bottom of the garden. God, I hope this doesn't keep getting funnier. Poor bastard's dead. Mind you, it was in 1997, so it was 23 years ago. Oh, 31. He'd have been 54 now. Anyway, um, 45 minutes to find him. Uh, Neighbours found him dead of a gunshot wound to the mouth, a Walther pistol under his hands and a farewell note on the table. Well, the dog definitely didn't write that. There's no way the dog has shot him and then written the suicide note. Most of his face and neck were gone and there were tooth marks around the edges of the wounds. A half full bowl of dog food sat on the floor. 
Oh, this has taken a turn, hasn't it? The German Shepherd was calm and responded to police commands. So the German German Shepherd, which is a dog, on the way to the animal sanctuary, the dog vomited some of its owner's tissue, including skin with recognisable beard hair. <laughs> I'm sorry. The dog must have been car sick. He's on the way to the animal sanctuary. He's looking out the window. Cold player on. No one tracks the frequency of pets scavenging their owner's expired bodies. Now listen, when I was wondering if your dog would eat you because of loyalty, I meant like if it was trapped in the house for you for two or three days. This dog has ate this fella before his mum's had chance to get from the house to the bottom of the garden. Dozens of such cases appear in forensic science journals over the last 20 years. And they're a situation into, that is dreaded by pet owners dying alone and being eaten. Imagine how horrible that is for the dog. There's a famous story in Scotland, right, called Greyfriars Bobby. And it's of this dog whose owner died. And Greyfriars Bobby, the dog, sat on the owner's grave until the dog died. Now, how the dog understands the concept of the fact that the owner is buried in that ground, I don't know, because presumably he didn't smell the same. I mean, Frank Skinner has a joke about this, that he said, what people didn't realise is that the guy had been buried holding the dog's lead. (laughs) And the dog's going, I'm not loyal, let me go. But anyway, so this dog sat on the grave and now there's a little statue to that dog in in, um, Edinburgh. And actually, it's the same graveyard that J.K. Rowling got a lot of the names for the Harry Potter characters from, like Snape and loads of other people. They're all, uh, was it Snape? I think Snape was one of them. Some of them, I can't remember which ones. I've bloody got... um, Tom Riddle is definitely one. Tom Riddle is definitely, definitely one of them. But I think it's Snape as well. But anyway, she would walk around that gravestone, next uh, that graveyard, next to the Elephant Cafe, and she would... She got the inspiration for a lot of the names from the book from the people who are buried in that graveyard. But also in that graveyard is Greyfriars Bobby. Anyway, so imagine how horrible it is for the dog... Say you've been with this dog for 10 years, 15 years, the dog's old anyway, and you're alone in the house with the dog and you die, the dog's initial instinct is going to be to try and help, and that's going to be very sad, and then the dog's going to go mad and try and get out of the house and bark, and then still no help's going to come, and then eventually the dog's going to think, well, fuck me, I can't use a tin opener, I'm going to have to eat him. (laughs) And then the dog has to eat its owner that it loved. It must be horrible. Anyway, let's get back to the article. It says, I've reviewed about 20 of these cases that pulled together 63, uh, 20 of these published cases, along with a 2015 study that pulled together 63 cases of indoor scavenging. That's what we're calling it. It's indoor scavenging. That's what you call it when your dog eats your face when you're dead. Some of the patterns are su- su- uh, are surprising and they open up Questions about why pets might be motivated to eat the dead. Well, I'd assume that they were hungry. They didn't do it for a laugh. It's not some weird dog perversion. Uh, Here are some of the most common misconceptions. Oh, this is going to be good. It must have been the cat. Cats get a bad rap for being the most eager to eat their owners. Well, they always say, don't they? Dogs have owners. Cats have servants. Um... Doesn't surprise me as a cat owner. If you're sleeping, they tend to swat your face to make you wake up. So it's no surprise they eat you. Uh, Hunger hypothesis. Dogs are descended from wolves, so they're going to eat you. Let's skip to the next one. 
um, bad dogs. Uh, it's tempting to think that if you're close to your dog and treated it well, you're off the hook if you die. Well, I mean, what's the dog going to do? If it's hungry, it's hungry. A matter of breeding, some dogs uh, are more likely to eat you. Um, although apparently lovable Labradors and Golden Retrievers also do it. It's not just the ones that you'd expect. Oh, my God. A Chihuahua has eaten a person's face. That would have taken ages. They don't have much of an appetite. Um, it says here, what do you do? There's no way to guarantee your pet won't eat you if you die. Well, who cares? You know what? If I've got a dog, it's just me and them in the flat and I die. He's welcome to me. What I might even do before I go to sleep is put a bit of ketchup down my face just to help him out. <laughs> the German German Shepherd. That's turned into nearly the whole podcast. What a ridiculous thing. I'll tell you what. Um, talking about eating, I realised today that the last thing Sarah says to me before I leave the house, before she leaves the house most days, is she'll say, right, I'm going, I'm going to work. I'm going to here, I'm going there, and I'll go, oh, okay, babe, yeah, I love you, have a good day, okay, bye, yeah, if there's anything you need me to do, whatever, and it's all that sort of stuff. The last thing she does before she leaves the house every single day is give me a list of things in the house that I'm not allowed to eat, <laughs> including my owner's face. She'll say, now listen, there's cake in the fridge, but that's not for you. It's for this or that. There's Rocky Road in the other fridge. Don't eat that because, you know, that's for selling. There's these ingredients. There's a cupboard full of chocolate and Reese's Pieces, but they're for making this week's Rocky Road. So don't bloody eat them. I just get given a list of stuff I'm not allowed to eat. It's unbelievable. Um, on the subject of shopping, have you seen this story about these two brothers? They've done well. There's these two British-born Indian brothers from... They're not far from me, actually. I've been fascinated by them for years. And they bought um, a petrol station in Burnley, or they rented a petrol station in Burnley. But they built a massive, a proper, like, supermarket at it so that it was a destination petrol station. It did really well. They opened loads of others. It's now called the EG Group, Euro Garages. They've got loads of them. And they've just bought the British branch of Walmart, which we call Asda. And I said to Sarah last night, they've bought uh, they've bought Asda, and she went, they've bought an Asda. And I went, no, they've bought Asda, all of them. It's like a $6 billion deal or something. And they made all of their money in the last 20 years, and they're from down the road. How amazing is that? I mean, what a pair of absolute legends. I love that. I've been fascinated by them for years because I just heard of these two Indian brothers from down the road who came from nowhere, have built up this empire of loads of money and um, have now bought this massive supermarket chain. You just think, fair play. I mean, incredible. What an achievement for them. Um, I'm thrilled. I'd love to meet them. They were exactly the two people that had been to Sarah, saying to Sarah, if only we could get their phone number and pitch them some Rocky Road for their shops. Might be a bit harder now they own an entire supermarket chain. <laughs> but still, fellas, if you're both listening to this and you don't mind my podcasts about dogs eating their owners' faces, um, give us a shout, yeah? <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm going to look into this dog thing a bit more. Just look into it. dogs eating dead owners and you'll get a shock. I hadn't read any of that article before I opened it for the podcast. Oh, my God. Well, friends, 
that's today. We're back tomorrow, Sunday, uh, Monday. We start the week. Let's do it together, whatever we do. I'm in Cornwall all next week. Don't worry, though. I'm still recording podcasts every day. But I'm going to be in Cornwall from Tuesday for three days doing shows. That'll be nice. Right, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye, friends.